from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells. Welcome to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world. Plus, commentary on things that are giving you angst, and today is not not a bad example. So many folks are concerned about our kiddos going back to school. So we're going to be talking about that with Dan Ryan, the president of Dowling Catholic, um, all sorts of things related to school. So that's our topic today, because it is straight talk. You've got questions. We've got some answers for you. Hopefully you find the answers helpful. I'm Jean Wells, and so blessed to be broadcasting courtesy of the Mercy One folks who are sponsoring our Mercy One studio here at Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, so grateful for their support and all the support of our, our many, many underwriters who support Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, as I mentioned, we're talking with Dr. Dan Ryan. He's the president of Dowling Catholic. And, um, you know, the schools, our schools, have they ever been in the news so much as they have been in the past? I mean, in March, it was the schools were closed and there was all concern about that. And then we had exceptional distance learning instruction in our Catholic schools, thanks to the ingenuity of our administrators and teachers and staff who responded immediately uh, to the benefit of our children. So that was in the news. Um, And then as we grasped what that meant for our kids, we were soon at the end of the school year and many parent and teachers sighed (laughs) a huge relief as they felt the pressure of guiding their children through these online studies was at an end. You know, parents were working from home, trying to to facilitate these online learning. They were praying from home. Everything was from home. Um, You know, and then you have this sense of dread now, not knowing what this coronavirus could force upon society next. And now we're back at the beginning of the school year. It's just around the corner. And there's this new sense of concern. Should I send my children back to school or should I distance learn, have distance learning for them? Maybe I should just homeschool and not connect to a school at all. Is it, is it safe for my kids to be with other children? What, and, and then there are teachers. What, what is the school doing to protect my child? And, and can they really protect them from this virus that we know so little about? You know, some say children aren't as susceptible to COVID because the numbers show there are so few cases But others say, well, there are so few cases because schools were the first to close and children stayed at home. So they were less at risk. We are living through something that we as a society have never experienced before. And all of this can cause stress. We have to trust in God. I mean, first and foremost, we have to trust in God. And then we have to stay informed and not allow our knee-jerk reactions to get the better of us. Um, you know, trusting God and staying informed will help us get through all of these issues. Before we talk about back to school, the learning plan, how we're going to deal with COVID, how we're going to fund everything, first a couple of events coming up, uh, the 2020 Bishop's Golf Outing, for those of you that love being in the outdoors, especially now, August 31 is the Bishop's Golf Outing to benefit Catholic charities. It will be at Echo Valley. 
Uh, you can register online at Catholic Charities DM. Dot org. The tournament's going to look a little different, as everything is. Um, you know, there's some restrictions, social distancing, and all of that. But Catholic Charities will make sure that you have a great day on the links while you're supporting their mission of helping to serve others, empowering individuals, and strengthening families. The Christ Our Life Conference is still on for September 26th and 27th. There are two options for you. You can do online streaming or, of course, be in person. Lots of social distancing happening, both among the vendors and within the uh, arena itself. Um, but you can register online at ChristOurLifeIowa.com. Now, some items in the news. On Saturday, a report from the Catholic News Agency indicated that a vaccine for COVID-19 could be ready as soon as early 2020, 2021. Excuse me. Some concerns with the vaccine include the speed at which it is being advanced and the full understanding of any potential side effects. Uh, some of the vaccines are being developed uh, to to fight this coronavirus are using the HEK293 cell line. Now, I didn't know what that meant either, but it's one commonly used in vaccines and which is derived from aborted fetal tissue. In 2008 document, Dignitates Personae, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, said that researchers may not use biological material of illicit origin or cell lines from aborted babies in developing a vaccine. There are vaccines being developed without the HEK-293. So again, be informed. Know what vaccines are being promoted and uh, being advanced so that when it comes time and you choose to vaccine, uh, receive the vaccine, you know if it is um, developed without the aborted baby, the cell lines from aborted babies. Uh, in Chicago, I'm sure you've all heard the news, but there was over 100 arrests uh, during a night of extreme violence Sunday night um, following a report of an individual brandishing a weapon. Police responded, the criminal fled and shot at police. So that person was eventually killed. And as a result, social media exploded and folks were incited with the sole purpose of creating criminal activity. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown said during a Monday morning news conference, this wasn't an organized protest, but it was an incident of pure criminality. Criminals took the streets with confidence that there would be no consequences for their actions. I refuse to let these cowardly acts hold our city hostage. Folks, we are not at a loss of issues which need our prayers. Hey, when we come back, uh, Dr. Dan Ryan is joining me, president of Dowling Catholic. We're going to talk about, you know, return to learn plans, COVID relief for non-public schools, so much more related to educating our children with the quality education we have come to know in our Catholic schools. It is time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Blessman International. According to a 2019 Global Food Security Report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help all of them. Most of us can help one. One child. Your gift of $1 a day through Blessman International provides a child in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. To get started, go to BlessmanInternational.org and click Sponsor a Child. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq-demoin.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. Welcome back to Straight Talk and Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and so grateful to have Dr. Dan Ryan joining me today. Dan is the president of Dowling Catholic. And Dan, have the Catholic schools or schools in general been in news so much in the last four months, five months? Holy moly, every day there's a major story about being in our schools. First of all, thanks for having me, Gene. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we've been more in the spotlight in the last uh, three to four weeks than um, a large part of my career put together. So it's been quite a, quite a change, but we're always, of course, glad people are concerned about their schools and, and our students' safety uh, and health moving forward, including our, our teachers and staff as well. Absolutely. Now, everyone wants to know, we hear a lot about the elementary schools. What, are, what do fall classes look like at Dowling Catholic? Well, you know, you, you were speaking earlier about uh, uncertainty and, and how to be prepared and knee-jerk reactions. And so, you know, we've really kind of taken what we call uh, an educational continuum or the Dowling Catholic continuum and really trying to really look at this at the big picture and be ready for anything that can happen and uh, be flexible and really adjust uh, to the needs of our students. So we are starting with all of our students in uh, class for the first week. 
Uh, and then we're going to do um, the second week, we're going to do uh, half in on each day while the others learn virtually. And um, our virtual model is really, really different than last year. Um, we've had an extremely busy summer here. Uh, we've insta installed uh, 71 new smart boards in every classroom, which is kind of an interactive screen. Um, all of the students are going to have Chromebooks this coming year, as are the teachers are getting new Chromebooks. And, and the reason I bring this up is that we have a really uh, similar experience for the student at home as the student in the classroom. And the, the way we're able to accomplish that is we also put in web cameras and microphones and speakers into the classroom. So uh, the student at home actually logs on um, at exactly the same time the student walks into the classroom. And they're all using, oh. their, they're all using their Chromebooks so they can see the teacher and some of the students and they can hear the conversations. And um, then when there's very often, uh, this is kind of our learning curve here for the teachers, there's, uh, using that smart board, there's a lot of software where uh, what I would call a bell ring or something right at the beginning of class that in my time as a teacher we would have done on paper. Actually, uh, there could be an opening question about one of Frost's poems and um, write three sentences describing last night's reading. And the student in the classroom and the student at home both do that on their Chromebook, and then they submit the response to the teacher, and they may select that one of those to put up on the board and discuss. Um, so that's kind of a new wave in technology that's really, um, it's, it's, a, it's a quick turnaround for us, and it's really, quite frankly, probably kind of jumping forward five years all at once. Um, but we think it's a really significant difference in providing a quality education. Um, again, we're really expecting, we're really encouraging our students, if they're at all ill, uh, stay home. And we only felt we could do that if we could provide them a quality uh, experience when they're there, and we think these tools are going to allow us to do that. Well, and as you think going forward, you know, coronavirus is done. It's, it's, it's a movie, no problems anymore. But you have a child who has broken a leg and needs to be home for a couple of days. Doesn't mean they, they can't couldn't connect via their Chromebook to their classes and they're not missing school at all. You are exactly right. And uh, what I would like to propose is there's no more snow days. Uh, in other words, uh, maybe the teachers come into the building, but the students can all log in at home. And uh, I've made a few jokes to some of our students uh, that you may be some of the last students who can ever say they remember when there were snow days. So uh, these are all things that would take time, uh, you know, for legislation and everything to, to catch up with. But you're, you're catching the point exactly. Um, we've really started to reduce the significance of the presence of the student and giving ourselves a lot more flexibility. Well, and, and we don't want to discount the value of the socialization that happens in school. But again, when you're talking about snow days and those types of, of incidences, no longer are you looking at you know, you have a bad winter and all of a sudden you're going to school through the end of June and the seniors, are they still going to get to graduate on time and all of that kind of thing? That becomes right. a moot point. Right. Still, face-to-face -face is still the best, correct? I mean, students want to be here. We want them to be here. Um, you know, there's those social interactions in the classes. There's the hallways, uh, you know, cafeteria, all of those things. And, and, you know, from the pep rallies to everything else that we do in a regular year. But again, you're right. Having these sorts of tools keeps the education process moving 
much more uh, at a regular process. And think it's easier for the teachers in the long run and the student because the work's there already, and you really don't miss it, and you turn it in the same way um, electronically, et cetera. So, yes, it's a, it's a really nice option to have. And it's exciting. I mean, you didn't want to move five years ahead in four months. But, you know, when push comes to shove, shows that our Catholic schools are really stepping up to the plate and doing what they need to do, what is best for the kids. We, we certainly feel like we were getting prepared for that. And I'm very proud of all the, the work and effort of our, our tech team and our maintenance team and, and everyone else uh, who's really kind of helped create this vision because it's been a team effort and definitely a team effort to get it um, up and running. Um, and we're still, we still got a lot to do in the next two weeks. You know, I don't want to gloss over, you know, and and only talk about these cool things because there are concerns. I mean, at the high school level, it's it's maybe those concerns are more heightened and you can help clarify this. You know, a lot of folks think that the little kids, you know, those that are under 10 have less susceptibility and, and can't transfer this this virus. But, you know, when you're talking about all high school kids, you're talking about adult. You know, what are your concerns at the high school level as compared to maybe the elementary schools of, of bringing all of the students back into the building. Right. So uh, I think most administrators would say that when they're looking at their school day, they're trying to segment populations and keep them away from each other. And in many ways that's easier at an elementary because you're kind of in a pod most of the day with your homeroom teacher and they can probably even restrict that a little bit more by bringing lunch to them and, and not having these big interactions or changing recess. Well, at, at Dowling, uh, our students typically take eight classes, and it would be on day, the first day they would take four block classes, the second day they would take four different block classes, and then those would just rotate. So one of the things, uh, we can't keep them in one classroom, but we can uh, change our schedule a little bit. So this first quarter, they're only taking four courses every day. So they're going to only interact with the same four groups of students and the four teachers. Um, Lunch has been changed. So uh, no longer will we have a lunch bell, so to speak, and release everyone. There'll be a staggered release. So, you know, Anderson's class may get released at 11.02, and then Ryan's class gets released at 11.05. And there, are, you know what I mean? And the students stay spread out, and then they stay with that group to sit um, at lunch, and then they're released uh, in a staggered sense to get back to their class. Um, so we have to do things like that. We have to kind of limit the times that people can be in the buildings, unfortunately. You know, if we have uh, the building's really going to be open about 30 minutes before and after school is the, our plan. Um, again, we'll make accommodations if there's some extraordinary situations. Uh, but we have to do those things to kind of keep them separated and keep them healthy. And then there's a lot of other things that we've, we've learned a lot about this summer as well from um, our heating and air conditioning systems. We've been, we're installing new filters that are basically used in medical centers, and they're um, have a much higher rate. In addition to our traditional filters, these filters are known to reduce uh, the spread of uh, COVID and other diseases by a significant amount. Some stats say, you know, in 30 minutes, they would re- remove 90 plus percent of those kind of germs. Um, we're also upping the air turnover in our classrooms to four to six times an hour. 
Um, basically, that means we're bringing a lot more fresh air into the building, which is more expensive on the utility side, but it also reduces the number of germs. So um, with those protocols and some of those, those changes as well, we think we're increasing um, our ability to keep people safe. Um, but again, by kind of doing those first two weeks uh, in the two different models, we're kind of seeing what works best, and we're going to make decisions then for the weeks following that based on um, what we see uh, during that time frame. Well, that should help alleviate concerns for parents. I mean, I, I don't have any grandkids that are at that age yet, but, you know, just hearing the conversation of what you're sharing, you know, eases my mind, you know, for all of our kiddos. I mean, you've got, what, 1,600 kids at, at Dowling? Uh, 1,400, 1,400 oh. students, yeah. Oh, so, well, then those other 200, we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's oh. talk sports a minute. You know, Dowling's a big sports school and, and lots of extracurricular activities. Baseball and softball took a blow this summer. Um, did not be able to complete their season. I felt bad for those seniors that, um, you know, this was their, their last year. Some of them may be going on to play college ball and others this may be their last year. Um, were any of the kids negatively impacted because of not being able to play their sport, especially if they're going to go on to, to college level? Well, I think, I think all of the students were negatively affected and, you know, they put in so much time and effort and the coaches as well. And, you know, obviously they were very disappointed. Um, you know, the boys team was ranked number one in the state when this all took place. They had a, a, a good group of seniors, um, some of which that are, we are looking at some college uh, prospects. We had one individual who actually did sign uh, with the uh, Orioles out of that group. Um, and so I know that's been really hard for them and that some of them are still continuing on with college. Uh, we didn't have any seniors on the girls' um, softball team, so everybody will be able to come back and play. Um, so that's a little bit of a uh, you know, silver lining, so to speak, um, given the, the difficulties of the situation. But, uh, you know, it's just disappointing when uh, – you know, students and athletics and activities or band or is such a big part of the experience and, and the friendships and not really getting to be together and not the uncertainty there as well. It's been just, it's been really hard um, on the kids. And we're hopeful Now, what about fall activities? Uh, is there football? Are there other competitions that the students are not going to be able to participate in because of, of restrictions within their sport or their, their, um, you know, show choir competitions, all those kinds of things? So for the fall, what we do know is that um, band competitions, uh, marching band competitions, uh, have been canceled. Uh, there may still be some marching band performances uh, at different times, so we'll have to see how that will move forward. Uh, currently, um, all the fall sports are still scheduled to play. Um, football has an altered schedule um, and a reduced number of games and some different, I, I believe this is true for all the sports, that if your team was affected by COVID, uh, it's not a loss, it's not a win, it just never really happened uh, if you can't participate or play. And so um, obviously that's something new for volleyball, for example. There's many uh, invitationals where, you know, nine or ten teams would come in the past those have been eliminated or greatly reduced. Uh, so we'll have to see. But again, uh, that uncertainty comes from the fact of what we think today is probably going to be very different in two weeks. 
And so we'll just have to continue to adjust and see uh, what, what comes forward uh, as time passes. Now, what about the fans? Are they going to get to come to any of those events? So it would definitely be a reduction in fans. Uh, baseball and softball is our only experience right now. And given the seating at those types of stadiums, it was pretty limited, really almost uh, only to parents. Now, of course, if you're looking at a, a football stadium and even really a, uh, a volleyball court or basketball court area, uh, you could have additional seating, we believe, but it will be a, a significant difference. And those details haven't been finalized yet, and they'll be by venue. Yeah. So it's 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 going to be a much quieter <laughs> fall if these activities are, are taking place. Well, Dan, I want to move on to um, funding and ask a quick co- or make a quick comment here before we take our break here at the bottom of the hour, but. You know, we've heard, many of us have heard the stories of 140 Catholic schools closing across the the country because of COVID. Now, we have no schools closing in our diocese. And I want to make sure people hear that message, you know, as opposed to, you know, reading these national stories and thinking that we may have an impact here. A lot of those schools had been struggling financially. The ones that are closing had been struggling financially anyway. They had to have been. Right. Right. Yes. And it, it is heartbreaking to hear that. And this is, uh, you know, a major stress test. Um, and so I think in that sense, uh, we should be very pleased that we've put our schools in a place uh, where they can be stable. Um, quite frankly, I know uh, we're getting a great number of uh, in- interested individuals um, about uh, seeing what it would be like to be a Dowling. Um, and I know some of the elementaries have seen some good enrollment growth as well. So, uh, we're hopeful that overall it's a positive, but I, I know that our enrollment in the metro area has been steady. Uh, I'm not as sure, certain about the other parts of the diocese like council bus and the rural areas. Um, but, no, I think it's been a positive thing, and I think it really attests to the fact of uh, you need to have a robust enrollment management system, but also tuition assistance, which, again, the CTO, the Catholic Tuition Organization, does. Dowling, for example, gives out about a million dollars in our uh, foundation, from, or actually about $1.4 million in tuition assistance. I know Holy Families Foundation does that as well. And so I think those are really some of the models that we'll have to continue to pursue um, along with uh, school choice programs uh, to make sure that we can have strong enrollment and uh, have diverse schools because uh, that's what I grew up in this diocese was Catholic schools are for all, and that's what I'm committed to, and I think that's what all of us are uh, committed to. Well, that's a good good introduction to what we'll talk about after the break, which is you know, funding uh, streams that are available to our Catholic schools, whether there should be any from the government or not. You know, people, that's up for debate. Um What is available, what isn't available, we're going to talk about all of that when we come back. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. 
the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts of the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Meals from the Heartland's 13th annual Hunger Fight runs from August 24th through September 12th. The challenge is to package 6 million meals in three weeks to feed the hungry around the world. Blessing International seeks 65 volunteers to pack meals for two hours to help meet the challenge. The event is Thursday evening, August 27th from 6 to 8. For more information, email Marvin at blessmaninternational.org by August 25th. For more information or to register to help, email Marvin at blessmaninternational.org. Did you know you have a choice in your child's education? Smaller class sizes, dedicated teachers, a sense of community, and a caring learning environment, whether it's in the classroom or at home. Diocese of Des Moines Catholic Schools deliver the best value in education, and we offer tuition assistance to help you afford it. Learn more about how the Catholic schools in the Des Moines Diocese might be the right choice for your child. Visit dmdiocese.org schools. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio in Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grace Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for your support of Dowling Catholic Sports 365. Construction Professionals is a family-owned business dedicated to our customers. Whether designing, building, or renovating, we are here to better serve you. Our passion for quality craftsmanship, paired with our dedication to creativity, result in a home that reflects your personality, style, and family function. Construction Professionals. Design. Build. Renovate. cpcustomhomes.com. From our family to yours. God bless. Need an experienced attorney for legal matters? I know a guy. Stephen C. Reed, attorney at law, is a proud supporter of Iowa Catholic Radio. Steve is a longtime resident of Iowa and is licensed to practice in all Iowa state and federal courts. He has years of experience in real estate law, wills, conservatorships, trusts, and estate planning. Steve's law office phone number is 515-224-1776. That's 515-224-1776. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Looks like mid-80s today. We have high pressure over the area with sunshine. A few showers overnight and mid-60s. Scattered showers off and on tomorrow and mid-80s. The weather is sponsored by Rock Valley Physical Therapy. Outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation. Seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guest today is Dr. Dan Ryan. Dan is the president of Dowling Catholic. Uh, we've been talking about how uh, COVID has impacted Dowling Catholic, but you know we also want to talk about 
the funding issues that impact our Catholic schools. And this is, you know, before COVID, um, obviously, but, um, but relating specifically, <clears throat> excuse me, relating specifically to that, the, the last few weeks we've heard of, of you know, this next uh, package of benefits that's being discussed at the federal level to help schools combat the coronavirus. And one estimate I heard was $300 billion, billion with a B, for public schools. And there was an effort to include non-public schools in this funding. I mean, after all, COVID has not been um, selective uh, in its uh, impact on, on our educational system. Uh, Dan, what is the status of that? I, I heard recently that it's not so good. Yeah, I know it's still under debate, and I know that we've uh, participated in action alerts with our senators and congress uh, um, congressmen uh, to make sure that they understand that. And I know we're getting some support um, from our Iowa legislators, but I think we could use more. And so I'd always encourage people to reach out to them on these issues. But yes, there's uh, it, it's, the program's not moving forward at an incredibly fast pace, um, and there is a really uh, a strong need. If you can, you asked early on, and we talked about technology, um, making sure the students and the schools have internet. For example, um, one of the things that we also had to do uh, is add a redundant internet system because we knew uh, so many students would be virtual, um, and so uh, what that means is now we have a second uh, access of internet from a different company in case one of them gets knocked out. It also increases our bandwidth, and that's going to be getting uh, fully installed in the month of September. So things like that really become expenses a school didn't anticipate having or isn't in regular expenses or your your PPE, um, those sorts of things. Another good example is we spend a significant amount of money uh, having what we call a grid, but it's really dividers created for our cafeteria tables so that when the students are sitting there, they're not breathing on each other, so to speak, or when they're talking, uh, there's a reduction of uh, exchange of uh, uh, air uh, movement, et cetera. And again, those are really big one-time expenses that in the long term you're not going to need, uh, but put a lot of pressure on schools um, to find a, a way of funding. And uh, recently, I believe this is from the CARES, uh, original CARES Act, uh, but this last week, um, Governor Reynolds did announce that there was going to be uh, a release of funds to public and non-public schools from some of the discretionary funds for some of those technology issues. And so that's a positive. Uh, that's but a still, positive. That is good news. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, in our case, um, I want to say that's around $25,000. And, again, that's a small amount compared to what we've uh, incurred in expenses in, in getting ready. Well, and, and, you know, following Facebook and the posts from the schools, you know, I saw Ellen Stemler and her husband making prototypes of those dividers between for, for lunchrooms and classrooms. You know, it's, it's not like we're just going out and, and ordering the best and the, and the most expensive items. We're being very frugal in how we manage our resources to help protect the kids. Right, right. And a lot of those resources are even difficult to find right now. Um, there's been a real rush on plastic and plexiglass and those sorts of, yeah, yeah, it's difficult. You know, Dan, some people, there are proponents and opponents for state funding of all schools. 
you know, they, you know, the state should not be doing any money for non-public schools. Those parents are deciding to send their kids to a separate uh, school than what's available. What is your response to folks? And, you know, give, help us um, formulate our own responses when folks say the state shouldn't be funding these non-public schools. Yeah, I've, I've had this conversation a lot of times and, and heard it in different ways. And one of the things that's kind of occurred to me over uh, multiple years of, of talking about this is so much of a person's perception is based on uh, their lived reality. And, you know, in the United States and Iowa, we have a, you know, we know that system, right? It's primarily uh, privately funded and um, there are some flow through dollars maybe from the state to the public schools that help us or some federal funds for Title I teachers or professional development teachers and those are all helpful. But if you actually stop and kind of look around the world, you can find there's a lot of different ways of, of doing this and you do see countries where um, it's been the common practice for generations where you know, the parent really makes the decision on what the best education is and if the school meets certain standards, which, of course, we're accredited by the state of Iowa already and have been since, I think, the 70s, 1970s, um, that it really, uh, it can be done in a lot of different ways. And just that we're very often, it's formed by the fact that we grew up in this model, so we seem to think that's the only way. I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that, you know, parents want um, different things for their different children and not any one school is perfect for every child, um, Catholic or, or public. Um, so, uh, you know, I think they have a right to do that and that they know their child uh, needs the best and can probably match those. Uh, in our, and in the church and its teachings um, has really stated that the parent is that primary educator. And so they should be allowed to make that decision and, and done so in the sense of that the state supports that. Um, so we have uh, Vatican documents, the Declaration on Christian Education, where it states that, that the state should try and make that available by providing some of the funding. Uh, so I, I really am obviously an advocate for that. I've seen the, the benefit. Um, and, and, the, and the last thing, I think that any if you disagree with my point of view, of course, that's your choice, but also think about, is this a greater benefit for, for Iowa? Is this a greater benefit for Des Moines? Um, and I would say having competition between our schools is a benefit. It adds, uh, I will certainly say, uh, let's take this last spring, um, when uh, the declaration came out that we did not have to add education, we knew that was not an option just not to do that. Um, you know, it, we are you know, a certain degree, a business. And uh, we have individuals that expect a service for uh, the, the fees that they're paying, and, um, and so we wanted to meet that. And so I think that competition makes us all better, um, and um, so I, I think it's a good use of public funds. Well, and to take that question from a slightly different perspective, some just say, you know, what about the separation of church and state? You know, that, you know, there should no, be no fun of anything related to church. You know, should that apply to the education of children? So, no, I think you, there's all sorts of state support of uh, religious or private entities that goes towards the betterment of the community. Uh, you can talk about Catholic hospitals, nursing homes, 
you know, historically, we were many of the founding forces there, and a lot of those funds flow into, if you see what I'm saying, or via the patient um, to those hospitals. And, and that's really what we would be saying in the school choice realm is that the parent is the one who decides the funds, not that it just automatically comes to us regardless, if you see what I'm saying, um, but kind of empowering them. And I, and I think that the separation of church and state is sometimes taken a little bit out of, of turn in, in the sense of, I think we're saying that state shouldn't be supporting one faith over the others, right? I mean, we have a freedom of religion here. Right. Um, again, if they wanted to go to a Protestant school or a Muslim school or a Jewish school, uh, more power to those individuals, uh, but that the state shouldn't be supporting one of those over another. Well, and, and there has been, um, over the course of time, support that the Catholic schools, the non-public schools have received, you know, so it's not, you know, it, it's it's not like there is a, a zero sum coming to the, to the non-public schools. I mean, transportation is supported, etc. Um, what other kind of aid are our schools already receiving through the public um, sphere? So uh, the so the the services are provided to the Catholic schools by funds provided to the public schools. Um, so let me explain that. In the busing realm, so that was really created uh, late '60s, early '70s, uh, that the state would provide busing um, for uh, Catholic or non-public school students. Uh, because there were safety concerns and students were being injured and such. And so there's a good example where the state said, you know, this is something where we can we can intervene. So what they do is they reimburse the public school for the fund for the uh, number of students that they're busing. And there's different formulas for different parts of the state based on mileage and number of students, et cetera. And so uh, I think that's around $10 million a year uh, the last time that I saw that um, as well. There's textbook and, and technology funding per pupil basis. Again, I want to say that's around the $10 million mark for all of the non-public uh, school students in, in the state. Um, and then there's also federal funding that comes through, and that's actually improved some, somewhat here in the last four years. In Iowa, I think that there were some uh, realizations on formulas that um, made that more equitable. And so uh, Title II uh, funding is for professional development of teachers, and we've seen a good increase in those funds so that we've been able to provide a higher quality professional development uh, for our teachers, primarily here, sometimes at off-site as well. Um, like we, I mentioned before, there's also Title I funding for uh, like reading or math teachers, and that's usually at the elementary. Um, so those are... Uh, some good uses of funds that, you know, assist students. Uh, and then uh, one thing that people often fail to realize is, uh, you know, we, we provide special ed services within our buildings, okay, and that's in collaboration with the local uh, education agency or the local uh, public school. And so uh, students that attend a private school are fully um, uh, deserving legally uh, of having an individual education plan if, if their learning needs uh, 
require that. And so what happens is uh, the state makes sure that if there's a service provided, um, that those public schools never get held. It's called a hold harmless uh, clause. So that if there was an excess charge or, or cost, um, they get that those funds a year in arrears so that they're never really losing out. So that allows us um, to have the students here in the building. Uh, the public school teacher can even come in and work with ours, or they can be the teacher of what we call record and oversee some of the activities that we're doing with our special ed teachers because we have licensed special ed teachers in most of our schools. Um, so there's, there's different services that come in different ways. Uh, it's just sometimes it's difficult in making everyone realize it's okay for these services and collaborations to take place. Sometimes, you know, that separation of church and state gets a little lodged in individuals' minds and um, becomes a bit of an obstacle. Okay, we're going to take our last break of the show, and when we come back, we, we've been touching on this school choice. We've tossed that language around, and we're going to talk specifically about what it means here in Iowa and what is available to help families choose the school that is best for their child. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Did you know you have a choice in your child's education? Smaller class sizes, dedicated teachers, a sense of community, and a caring learning environment. Whether it's in the classroom or at home, Diocese of Des Moines Catholic Schools deliver the best value in education, and we offer tuition assistance to help you afford it. Learn more about how the Catholic schools in the Des Moines Diocese might be the right choice for your child. Visit dmdiocese.org schools. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO... You receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Meals from the Heartland's 13th Annual Hunger Fight runs from August 24th through September 12th. The challenge is to package 6 million meals in three weeks to feed the hungry around the world. Blessman International seeks 65 volunteers to pack meals for two hours to help meet the challenge. The event is Thursday evening, August 27th from 6 to 8. For more information, email Marvin at blessmaninternational.org by August 25th. For more information or to register to help, email Marvin at blessmaninternational.org. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Partial support for Catholic Women Now comes from injury attorney Fred Haas. When Iowans have been injured through no fault of their own, in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, harmed in a work-related injury, or suffered injury due to negligence of others, Fred Haas has been on their side to help recover from financial, physical, and emotional loss. Fred, double D, Haas, double A. Online at fredhaas.com. The Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid is provided by Dream Dirt Farm 
real estate and auction. Dream Dirt's online equipment auction, Farm Bid, is an online auction house for farm machinery. We take your equipment photos and information and create listings for our customers to make it as easy as possible to get started selling machinery online. And each item is advertised individually to get the most exposure. Bidding happens 24-7 at bid.dreamdirt.com. Dream Dirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services. Farm auctions done right. back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guest today is Dr. Dan Ryan. Dan is the president of Dowling Catholic, and we've been talking about everything from COVID to football to uh, school funding issues, and, and we want to talk about school choice. And, you know, we're, we're really getting at um, providing parents with access to school that best fits, uh, fits their needs and financial resources for families is the biggest obstacle for true school choice. Now we're blessed in Iowa to offer assistance through the Catholic tuition organization. Um, what has that meant for families to attend Dowling? Oh, it makes a absolutely a huge difference. Uh, so historically we've, uh, been receiving around a million dollars for our students' uh, tuition assistance, I would say, over at least the last 10 years. Uh, And what that has done is actually been very remarkable. Uh, So when individuals walk in our halls uh, who have not been here, uh, very often I think they're surprised at the diversity that they see. And it's a socioeconomic diversity because those funds were for many years limited to individuals who are within 300% of poverty by the size of their family. Uh, now it's 400%. But these are individuals who, who have real need, and, and it's not really attainable um, for them without some kind of need. Um, and, again, we've worked hard uh, for decades at Dowling to provide our own tuition assistance. And, as I said, we do provide about $1.4 million there. Uh, but without those funds, um, that diversity, um, that what I would say, uh, again, I mentioned this earlier, you know, when I grew up uh, going to a Catholic school, uh, you know, it really was for all. And this is the way that we're able to do that and um, have enough funding uh, to make sure that our teachers are paid well, that they're able to stay, that we're able to provide a very high quality education. Uh, so it's, it's been truly uh a blessing and uh, absolutely an essential part of um, of really uh, our student enrollment plan. Well, and, and all of our schools are, have um, diversity, and I think of Holy Family in particular, which is so diverse, and um, almost always they have 100% of their kids that come on to Dowling. And, you know, we provide tuition assistance to 90% of the kids at Holy Family. That means that those kids are receiving assistance for Dowling. And, and again, what a richness of diversity that that provides to your student body, the, their exposure to cultures um, across the globe. I mean, what a richness. Right. So our, our largest uh, diverse uh, group is Hispanic, uh, but our uh, African population is significant and growing. Our African-American population is significant in our Asian population um, has typically been Vietnamese. Uh, we're also uh, ex- 
anticipating a, a kind of an influx of Burmese that we're seeing at some of the elementary. So uh, really, uh, you know, often these families have been helped by Catholic charities historically. Uh, as they've gotten to the country, they've connected with parishes. Like you said, at Holy Family, there was a great deal of work uh, through a program called Pathways that's now transitioning into uh, our general uh, tuition assistance annual appeal um, where it was really special assistance meant for those students. And what was once a niche has now really become our, our normal path um, and that we've expanded our educational services to make sure that we can meet all of those students' needs um, and I think we're having a lot of success seeing them continue on and graduate and then go on to college. And again, um, we have that faith aspect that I think really helps them be successful. If you talk to business leaders in this city, they talk about having uh, individuals that come in that have morals and faith and that they can uh, be respectful and trusting uh, of those individuals. But that college uh, education is a huge difference maker. And many of these families, it's going to be a first-generation individual going on. So if you take that all the way back to the school choice program, uh, it's a benefit for that student, but it's a benefit for the business community. It's a benefit for the state of Iowa. Uh, those individuals we know, while we might be in the middle of COVID, one of the biggest business problems in the state has been the lack of workforce. And uh, I would say that we are doing uh, better than almost anyone in producing individuals that are helping meet those needs. So school choice pays off in the end. You know, Dan, it's interesting. You and I talk like CTO. We know exactly what that is. But we also know that there are folks that have never heard really how it works. Now, I explain it all the time because that's my real job. Some folks think that I only work for the radio. No, I, I work for the Catholic Tuition Organization. Um, I'd like to hear you explain the benefits of the program, um, first for the donors and then for the families. Now, keep in mind that we only have a couple minutes in the show, so let's... Okay. I'll try and be brief. <laughs> there's never enough time to cover our topics. Oh. So for the donor, uh, there's a, anyone who has an Iowa tax liability, uh, they receive a 65% tax credit. So in other words, they don't have to pay that tax. And it is uh, the highest uh, tax credit in the state of Iowa. So it is by far uh, the best use of your funds. So uh, if you have that tax liability and you would rather not pay it and help a student uh, go to a Catholic school, you can simply give uh, to the CTO and then you receive that documentation and you write it off in your taxes, et cetera. Uh, for the student, um, it's, it, it's, there's a unified application that goes to a third-party administrator who is very much like college. They review all of your financials. They have your tax information, and they make a determination and a recommendation on awards, um, and then we use that information to make the final awards. Um, so it's really uh, a, a great program, and it makes an incredible difference, and it's a good use uh, for those donors. A lot of them can also... Uh, receive federal uh, deductions as well, and that kind of varies on an individual basis. Or um, companies can also uh, really utilize the C-Corps, uh, can get a great benefit. They're probably one of the best beneficiaries, or S-Corps or limited liability companies can also um, kind of cash in on these. So they're, they're a great uh, opportunity for the donor and for the family. Well, and just to uh, give a shout out to our, our state legislature and our governor's office, 
Uh, we've been ex in existence since 2006 and have received bipartisan support um, for the, the school tuition organizations throughout the state. This year, they had more positive legislation um, to help increase the amount of tax credits available. So we're very, very grateful uh, for that work, for the benefit of our families. And, and Dan, I want to thank you for joining me today. I mean, you have really highlighted the quality education, the safety that we have for our families, the, the above and beyond efforts of all of our administrators and teachers to make learning as positive and um, diverse as possible. So thank you so very much. Also, thanks to my producer today is Deacon Tony Valdez, and I'm Jean Wells, and, and asking today St. Thomas Aquinas, the patron saint for Catholic schools, to guide our administrators and teachers, our parents and students, as we look forward to fall classes. Intercede for us for the eradication of the coronavirus. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. I thank all of you for joining me today on Straight Talk. You, we are on the air because of our prayer, of your prayers and generosity. If Please consider a tax-deductible gift to Iowa Catholic Radio at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and always available on podcasts through the Iowa Catholic Radio free app. Stay tuned now for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk, heard every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and replayed at 10 p.m. only on Iowa Catholic Radio. 